As you walked in today, you were given a sheet. You will notice that there's writing on one side and there's absolutely nothing on the other. This was done on purpose. So for those of you who like to doodle, draw pictures, play tic-tac-toe. <laughs> but what I do want you to do with this sheet of paper, you will notice that up top, right up top there, right under Messianic Jewish Discipleship 101 title, is the word why, right before holding every thought captive. What I'd like for you to do first is to take your pens out and I want you to put a bracket around the word why. We're doing this because we want to embrace why. Okay? Simple enough? All right. We'll get back to that in a moment. Oh, yeah, if you don't have a sheet, um, Eric's here with plenty of them. Raise your hand. He'll be more than glad to give you one. And by the way, Rabbi David, since, uh, since you took us into overtime, um, can, I, can I throw a flag on the play and say that the overtime rules apply, that I get more time? <laughs> I noticed he laughed at that thought. <laughs> I can remember a time when I was a young boy, you know, back in those times when dinosaurs ran the earth and men lived in caves, <laughs> that, that my parents looked after my brother and myself very carefully. They were constantly watching over us. And especially, and especially my mom. My mom was always there when we skinned our knees or we broke a toy that she was always there to comfort and to correct us as we needed. Mom was also a very good listener, and she paid close attention to every word that we spoke and whenever we were in earshot of her. And I can remember on more than one occasion, as a young boy, not taking into account the words that I was speaking or how I was expressing myself. Well, I can recall the reaction I got from my mom. It was incredible. Her facial expressions were beyond description. And the corrective action was swift and pains me today to think about it. <laughs> but mom knew what I needed. And I learned quickly to hold my tongue and to think about my thoughts before I proclaimed them to the world. Thank you, Mom, for your loving correction. I'm sure I needed them all. Today, we will continue the course in Messianic Jewish Discipleship 101. And if I can have pick number one, please. The title being, ta-da, 
That holding every thought captive. <laughs> that is a captive thought, if you wonder. <laughs> so I had to put one up there with the jail, you know. I don't need to explain why. Why hold every thought captive? In today's message, I have three points. Number one, what is God saying? Number two, how do we reason or justify our choices? And number three, what are some of the tools that we have available to us? If I could have the next pick up. Today's text is going to center around 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. And we read this. For though we live in the world, we do not war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Messiah. So what is God saying? In 2 Corinthians, it states that we as believers are to take captive every thought and make it obedient to the Word of God. So why is this statement important? What is its purpose? The importance of the statement of holding every thought captive is centered around the ideas that as believers, we do live in this world, yet we are not of this world. We are not to reason as the world reasons, nor do we war as the world wars. So, why should we hold every thought captive. We need to remember that the world attacks believers in their thoughts with pleasurable enticements and distractions, attempting to lure us from godly wisdom with worldly reasoning and pleasures. So, again, why hold every thought captive? If for no other reason, it will pull us closer into the Word of God and push the world aside. Let's take a look at some examples of the importance of holding or capturing the Word of God. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. The first real example of the challenge that is even before us today. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other animal the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman replied to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that was in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from, eat 
when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it, she ate it, and she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. So what did God say to Eve? Eve states that God did say, you must not eat of the tree that's in the center of the garden. So I have a question. Did Eve obey God's word? I think we would all agree, certainly not. If Eve thought that eating the fruit in the center of the garden was wrong, the second question I would have is, then why didn't she ask God? Why didn't she talk with God? This is a good example of world enticements. It says that Eve saw the fruit, that it was good for food. The fruit was pleasing to the eye, and it was desirable because it was to gain wisdom of good and evil. So why should we hold every thought captive? Eve stated in verse 3 that she knew what God instructed. However, Eve made a very deliberate and conscious decision to continue her conversation with the servant by not defending God's word on the matter. And by doing this, Eve opened up herself to allow deception and allowed the serpent to entice her. By Eve treating God's word more like a suggestion than a mitzvah or a commandment, reasoning like the world and not holding captive to every thought to the obedience of the Lord, well, we know the rest of the story. So why is it important? to hold each word captive to the obedience of the Lord. Because we should learn that it's wise counsel to do so. And holding it close may keep us from the world's deception. Let us consider another time in Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4 we read, When Yeshua was led by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness, he was tempted by the devil, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said to them, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Yeshua answered, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. 
If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But Yeshua answered him and said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. All of this I'll give to you, he says, if you will bow down and worship me. And Yeshua said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So why should we hold every thought captive to the obedience of God's word? Well, I think the case here is very obvious. Yeshua defeated every temptation, every attack of the enemy through the word of God. Satan was not able to gain a hold on him. But holding every thought captive to the obedience of God, we too, we too will have the victory over the enemy. Point two, how do we reason or justify our choices? One way we do this is through Rationalization. Rationalization is defined by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary as this, to bring in accord with reason, to bring into accord with reason, or causing something to be reasonable, or causing something to be reasonable. Let's look at a story when somebody caused something to be reasonable. Let's look at our next scriptures from 1 Samuel 15, verses 1 through 3 and 9 through 11. We read this. And Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord has sent to anoint you king over the people of Israel. So listen now to me, the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will publish the Amalekites for what they've done to Israel when they were waylaid, when uh, they waylaid them as they came from Egypt. So go now. Attack the Amalekites. Totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them, but put them to death. Men, women, children, infants, cattle, sheep, camels, and donkeys. But Samuel took Agak, king of the Amalekites, alive. And all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agat and, and the best of the sheep and the cattle, and the fat calves, and the lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I made Saul king, 
because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. And Samuel was angry, and he cried out unto, unto the Lord all that night. So, what action did Saul take that was displeasing to the Lord? King Saul, after he had received clear instruction from the Lord, rationalized in his own thoughts that keeping the good and the fatty stuff was a good thing, so long as he sacrificed them unto the Lord. So much for keeping everything, every thought captive to the obedience of the Lord. Saul's choice was centered on what he thought was right, not what God commanded. The consequences of Saul's choice not only had his kingship stripped from him, but the anointing from the Lord was taken from him as well. So to rationalize or justify your actions outside of the will of God is never a good thing. So why would it have been important for Saul, King Saul, to hold close to him, to hold every thought captive to the obedience of the Lord? It would have benefited not only King Saul, but it would have benefited Israel. It would have benefited, it would have strengthened Israel and the Lord. And King Saul may have been more of a pillar of strength instead of an example of defeat or shame. So, what tools do we have available to us? What tools can we use to help us hold every thought captive to the obedience of the Lord? Well, I have four listed. One is reading the Word. The best way to know the heart of God is reading His Word and meditate on it. I love that scripture that we read every Shabbat that says, when I get up and when I lay down and when I walk by the way, and it's just basically saying all day long, I want to think about you, Lord. I want to think about and meditate on your word. That is such a beautiful scripture. The second is prayer. Prayer is relational in that it brings us closer in our relationship to the Lord. Talk to the Lord and make your request known. It's when we keep silent is where we make our mistake. Let's pray and trust the Lord and lift up all your requests. And I say this simply because we need to remember what scriptures say. Scripture says that the Lord already knows what's in your heart. He already knows what you have need of. He knows exactly what you need. But if you don't ask, you won't receive. Ask. Number three, 
is hide his word in your heart. That is, cherish his word, love his word, hold it ever close to your heart. Doing this will keep us from sinning against the Lord. Cherish his word. And number four, we must trust the Lord. If we don't trust to the Lord, then we can do none of the above. And if we're doing all of the above, then we are trusting the Lord, or we should be trusting the Lord. This is what it's all about. If you love the Lord, you're going to trust the Lord. If you're going to pray, you're going to trust. Our next, our scriptures that I'd like to put here for us today is this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make you pass straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. A couple of final thoughts. As believers in Messiah, we must continually realize that we are at war in this world in a spiritual sense. And that the Word of God is the weapon of choice. Because the Word of God will demolish every worldly argument and every worldly pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The Word of God will defeat these arguments. Our spiritual weapons become divine when we hold captive every thought to the obedience of God, when we cherish His words in our lives. When we do these things, Satan can have no hold on us. I want to conclude with one final scripture. And this I just want to read straight from you from Scripture. From Isaiah 26 and verse number 3. Thou, O Lord, will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind or thoughts is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Let's pray.